0: going on Jermaine Johnson tune in to turn on the Jets podcast hey this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals make sure you tune into the turn on the Jets podcast
1: on everybody welcome back to the turn on the jets podcast i'm your host will parkinson at will 11 on twitter instagram and tiktok joined by uh founder of turn on the jets badlands uh badlands own joe Caparoso. no better person to uh to join me this week as you know pass a million downloads but likely tomorrow or thursday joe how are we doing i'm doing very well congratulations on the milestone it's always great
0: to be here it's great to be talking about a playoff-relevant game, even coming off a three-game losing streak. Uh, so I'm excited to chop it up, and I'm excited about the one million. It's a, it's an exciting thing. It's been awesome to watch this continue to grow throughout this year.
1: I uh, appreciate it. It's obviously, uh, it's something that, you know, I don't like to uh, to brag too much, but I, I'm pretty uh, – I like round numbers, so it's that's pretty exciting. Um, look, Sunday was a game that I think disappointing, deflated, angry, however you want to phrase it. I think everyone kind of experienced a lot of different emotions on Sunday. I know you got to kind of do the initial reaction and this is probably like, it's like a, a little bit of a delayed reaction, but sometimes it's kind of nice to have a little, to get the emotion out of it. And now kind of just looking back at the game Sunday, I guess let's start with the quarterback because it's obviously the number one topic. How'd you think Zach played? And now looking back at it, you know, 36, whatever hours later, do you still feel the same way about how he played?
0: I think he was okay. Uh, is probably the most generous way I'd describe it. I, I like I like the big play capability. I like the ability to improvise outside of the pocket, but at the end of the day, it only netted 17 total points. He handed three points over on his interception uh, and he missed a lot of open guys. You know, it's nice to see him throw for 300 yards. That's been an encouraging development, more of the big plays that pop for the bigger yardage total. So we're not dealing with the 78 yard games anymore, but I feel like he left like 75 to 100 yards on the field out there. He he missed a lot of those intermediate throws. I don't care as much about, you know, one hop in the swing pass to Berrios, whatever. Fine. I, I care about missing the deep dig route to Garrett Wilson. I care about missing Elijah Moore on the last drive. I care about missing Berrios in the last drive. Those are the ones that really hurt them. And the offense stagnated uh, in the third quarter for most of the second half, really, until they got the short field after the missed field goal. And that that put a big strain on the defense, which ultimately broke late. So it was not all bad. He's not the reason they lost the game. It was a full team loss. The defense choked late. The special teams was terrible from start to finish. The clock management was poor late. Uh, the offense was culpable because they didn't score quite enough, and they got and they were really bad in the second half with the turnover and a- outside of the one drive, and that caught up to them. So I am. Optimistic that he can do enough for them to win on Thursday night, but if he's going to play at the same level, the defense has to force turnovers, and the special teams has to be better, or they won't be able to win.
1: yeah, look, I, I've sat on this. I did you know some some other people's shows yesterday, and kind of removing myself, I went back and watched, obviously, you know watched the TV copy and then I watched some of the just his throws from Sunday. Zach did I, I made this point, and and I don't know if. I don't know if you and Connor made this point as well, but a lot of what we saw from Zach on Sunday, I felt like I was hoping to see last year from Zach. The big splash plays, you see all the fancy, you know, back foot off platform throws. We saw the pro day throw, which was awesome. That was really cool to see that go for a touchdown. Great play design. I know no one will give Michael Ford credit because he apparently is the worst offensive coordinator ever, but there were some really impressive play calls in there. And that one specifically was really nice to take advantage of. I just felt like last year, this was like a rookie year Zach Wilson performance I was hoping for. It kind of reminded me a little bit of the Titans game where I remember you were at that game as well. He missed a lot of throws in that game, but there was three or four of the most special throws you'll see. One of five guys in the NFL can make it. The Jets just won that day. And it, you know, kind of felt like a similar stat line, not even, not really sniffing 60% completions, that 300-yard mark, had multiple touchdowns, had a bad interception in this game, really, really bad interception, had a really bad interception in that game. So it's like, it's just one of these weird things where that's the game I was expecting from Zach last year. What I was disappointed in was there was the same thing where he makes one mistake and then it's like there was three straight passes that get like lolly popped in the air. Not only was the Barrios one bad, but like I guess we get over that one. I know people keep pointing to that one. Dan Orlossi did a whole thing on it. The one that almost bothered me more, I know it didn't matter, was third and 13 to Jeff Smith on a smoke screen and he like lobbed it up there. And he, even if I'm not saying he would have gotten the first down, he obviously probably wouldn't have. But, dude, put some zip on it. It's a screen pass. Like, it's a smoke screen. You got to get that ball out quick. And um, it just – it sometimes just feels like Zach's mechanics. Like, I know this isn't going to get fixed, and you and Connor again have made this point, and I've made this point a million people have. That's not going to get fixed in three weeks. I'm very aware of that. But, man, like, there's five, six, seven throws to guys. There was a minute and a half clip on Twitter. Go research it for yourself if you want to, anybody listening. Of just wide open guys, where Zach's mechanics are terrible, and the, you know, and you're like, man, this is this isn't good. And then all of a sudden comes back and would get himself in trouble. Terrible sack to take, runs himself into pressure. You can't take a sack in two minute drill. Did it multiple times. And bad completion, barriers as you mentioned. And then comes up with one of the most special throws you'll see all season to Garrett Wilson. You're like, I'm, I'm going to get my. This might be my one curse. Holy shit! Like, is this guy serious? Like, how did he just make that throw but couldn't make you know another one? And then he did it again on the fourth and eighteen. DA pointed this out in the slack, and I went back and watched it. He is right. If Elijah Moore just goes down right there and knows the situation that they have timeouts, I'm not bashing Elijah Moore, but if he goes down right there, that's probably a 52, 53, 54-yard field goal, and there's probably three or four seconds left on the clock, and maybe I hope you can get, you know, you can center him a little bit or something like that. You run a quick QB sneak, get down, and you take the other timeout. Not blaming Elijah Moore. Um, There's a lot of blame to go around, but Do you kind of feel like the same about the Zach rookie year thing? Is that – am I like crazy saying that? I just felt like it was like we saw all the the highs and lows you expect from a rookie, not necessarily a guy in start 20 or 21, whatever that was.
0: No, I think that makes sense. It it looked more like a guy making his like fourth or fifth start. And it wasn't like overly dissimilar from the Titans game because that had a bad interception and it had the off-platform like bombs down the field. Uh, And you were a little more excited about that at the time because it was like his third start or his fourth They They're playing the one
1: seed. It's different, not the Lions.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, there was just big, big stakes in this game and it was there to be won against a a bad defense, a defense that you just, the Jets did their job. They held Detroit to 20 points while allowing a kick return touchdown. It's been one of the hottest offenses in the league. uh, And you gotta be able to score more than 20 points overall. So look, I, I think if, the season ended tomorrow, we have certainly not seen enough from Zach Wilson to be confident that he is the guy. We've seen more that points to him not being the guy and them have to bring in a veteran than we have that he will be the guy. Now, because of Mike White's situation, he's going to get another opportunity here on Thursday. If he plays really well in that game, he could very well be the starter the rest of the year and be have a chance to change that narrative somewhat going into next season. But this is a challenging game. Uh, It's going to be under a microscope because it's prime time and because he's going against Trevor Lawrence, who's playing as well as almost any quarterback in the league right now over these past five or six games. Now, Lawrence has to go against a really good Jets defense. Uh, Wilson has to go against a pretty shaky Jaguars defense, but... The Jets don't need Zach Wilson to do what Trevor Lawrence did. doing right now. They're not going to win in that kind of game, and I hope he doesn't get into that headspace of trying to play hero ball and keep pace with Lawrence because that's not their formula to win. They have to one find a way to run the football again because they won't win if they're going to have 11 carries for 23 yards. They have to call a game plan that's a little more conducive to Zach's skill set. I think Lafleur had a pretty good overall game and dialed up some uh, really creative plays. Particularly in short yardage, that moved the chains and set up the last got the last touchdown. I, I love the call on the first touchdown as well. He's not far. He's not the biggest problem. I do think he can make some adjustments. It's a different kind of game when Wilson's back there versus Mike White or Flacco. Uh, you know, lean into the problems on the offensive line and, and get Zach outside the pocket and push him to run when the opportunity there. It, the Jets. It's going to be pretty similar to the Detroit game, and this is a Jacksonville team that lost by like thirty to that same Detroit team. Can you get to 24 or 27 in this game? I think that's probably enough with how the Jets defense is generally played, especially if they could avoid being awful on special teams. And for Wilson, if he can have a similar game to what he did last week without the turnover that directly sets up points, that's probably enough for the Jets to win.
1: Yeah, I, I don't even like – I know I've said it a million times on this podcast, I don't mind Zach throwing interceptions. I just feel like every Zach interception is 100% self-sabotage. It's never like this guy made a sick play on the ball. It's always what the hell are you doing? And that that play – and, again, I feel, like, I feel like I'm sounding more negative than positive on Zach. Again, I thought he showed some nice flashes. I thought I was really excited to see he was able to make those off-platform throws. He made some special plays – and he still threw for 300 yards. It's fantastic. But, you know, the lollipop throw to Michael Carter that he bailed him out of probably one of the most memeable interceptions you'll ever see. And I'm sure would have dominated the headlines more than the Patriots loss, which was hilarious. Um, I, I just feel like, can you stop everyone? in The stadium's like, please don't throw that. Everyone saw it. Garrett Wilson. He even said Garrett Wilson's the number one read on that. Garrett Wilson's open on that. If you go back and watch it, why are you, you know, why are you quote getting greedy there? There's just no need for it. And, uh that's the stuff where you know you just want to see zach improve again you mentioned it like trevor lawrence right now uh, he's playing like a top 10 or top 12 quarterback at worst and the jags are red hot but the jags also have issues the one thing i would do want to see on on thursday is the jaguars middle of the field their linebackers are putrid in coverage um Devin lloyd's had given up the most yards of any linebacker in football uh you know <laughs> or whatever i forget how to pronounce his last name uh and the jaguars has also given up a ton of yards i think seventh most so Zach, early in the year, only attacked the middle of the field well, and everything else was pretty poor. Kind of obviously flipped on Sunday, which more what you were expecting. Hopefully, you know, can you complete just some of those crossers and take advantage of the tight ends again, take advantage of the backs. They have to run the football. That's obviously well-documented. Dwayne Brown and George Fan have really struggled the last couple of weeks. I know no one's talked about it, and it's nice that they've gotten those guys back, but they have played – I mean, they are grading out very poorly. Uh, it's McGovern did not have a good game, although he's been really good all year. Herbig really struggled – I know everyone points to Lincoln Tomlinson on that one play, and, yes, I, I understand it one time a game. It's frustrating. He, like, gets out of his stance he's slow or is lost, but generally actually was pretty good on, on Sunday. I, I want to get to the defense um, here because there's just – similar to the offense, it feels like there's such an overreaction right now. The Jets held – and I know you mentioned this. The Jets held the Lions – Robert Sala mentioned it – to four and a half yards of play previous to that one-fourth down. That's over a yard less than they were averaging a play all year. They obviously held them to the one touchdown. You know, there's obviously the three points that they get off the the turnover and the seven points, obviously, off the punt return. To hold the line to the 10 points based on how the offense sputtered at times and the turnover and everything, it's pretty damn impressive. Were they perfect on Sunday missing Quinn Williams and John Franklin Myers proportions? No. Obviously, joining out as well. Uh, You saw that kind of come to fruition a little bit. Do we, I feel like everyone's like, oh, this defense is overrated. They're not that good. They don't take the ball away. I, I don't know. If that's an overrated defense, I'd love to see what a properly rated defense looks like because it's a damn good unit, and they are constantly put in bad situations all the time, and I feel like fans are taking a little bit of little for granted how good you know they've been. They've, I think, held teams to one touchdown or fewer like seven or eight times this year, which is literally insane considering their schedule and the quarterbacks, some of the quarterbacks they've played.
0: Yeah, the defense is is not the main problem. They they did what they needed to do. It's been frustrating to see the lack of turnovers the past few weeks. And turnovers tend to be a little random and come in bunches. Certainly, they have to do a better job of falling on the football and, and holding on to interceptions when they get their hands on it. And to win this game, they're going to need to force a couple. of Lawrence, as good as he's been, can be prone to turnovers. He hasn't been as much lately. He did throw one late in that Dallas game and ended up not mattering. Uh, But they should get the opportunity to get their hands on on the football, especially if it's raining out a couple of times, but they have just constantly been put in a terrible spot by their offense and by their special teams all year. And generally they have bailed them out over and over and over again. And the Detroit game was no different. Uh, They, they were put in a hole, thanks to a special teams touchdown. Braden man is so bad that they're constantly dealing with bad field position situations Uh, And the offense, when they turn the football over, you know, those are threes instead of sevens, thanks to the defense. So they, they were out coached on the final play of the game. The other team is coached. They out-schemed them on that play. They came up with the right call. The Jets guessed wrong and they lost. They did a bad job tackling on the back end, and that sucks. And it's part of the learning experience of going from a great to a, like a truly elite defense, but on the whole, the general, the defense has more than done their share. They had no business not losing that New England game by 30 points in New England. Their defense literally willed them to staying in that game with what they got from the offense. Uh same with the Minnesota game after they started slow. They allowed them to hang around while the offense was only kicking field goals. Uh, they held Josh Allen to 20 points. They held him to 17 points in their other game. They're they're doing their job this year. And Jacksonville is going to be another tall task. I think while Lawrence is better than Goff, I, I think as a whole, Jacksonville's offense has not been as productive as Detroit's or as dynamic all the way around. And the Jets should have the personnel to slow down Zay Jones and Christian Kirk who have been productive, but are guys that I like how Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed match up with them. And they they should be able to make life harder on them overall. And it's going to be a really good showcase opportunity for them. Everyone, and I understand this, Everyone is going to pick Jacksonville to win that game Thursday night. Everyone is going to be expecting a monster Trevor Lawrence performance while Zach Wilson gets memed into oblivion and that the Jaguars are going to roll. There's a reason that the line is going to settle at only being like a half a point or a pick'em, is that I'm sure most people, if you don't follow the Jets closely, are not cognizant of how good and how consistent their defense has been this year. I do think Quinn and William Quinn and Williams ultimately plays. Is he going to play the same snap share he always does? Probably not, but I think he will play. I hope they play Bryce Huff a little more off the edge because he just has way more juice than Carl Lawson right now. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. It will be a good opportunity in that showcase for this Jets defense to show just how good they are. Because if they could slow Lawrence down and they could force a few turnovers, this is a winnable game. And seasons flip very quickly. The Jets win this game. They have a mini bye week. They have 10 days to recover and get healthier. They have a legitimate quarterback decision they can make then. They have Quinton Williams likely much healthier. Uh, And you're going to be in a spot where if you win your last two games, you make the playoffs. Like the New England's going to lose one of their last three games. They're probably going to lose all three of their last three games, to be candid. So it's a win and in scenario for the Jets. You win your last three, you're in. And that feels a lot more digestible if you could get through this Thursday night game because Seattle kind of stinks right now. They're falling off a cliff. They're likely to be seven and eight going into that game. And Miami's a division game. And Miami should be a favorite in that game, regardless of what happens the next two weeks. But I'll sign up with what this season was supposed to be going into week 18 for a win and in scenario. And that's not off the table yet.
1: It's kind of feeling, and you know, we've talked about this in the Slack since probably August, that it just feels like after they started two and two, we're like, this is going to be winning in Miami in week 18, isn't it? Like it's just, it's felt like that's the Sunday night game. We're all going to be on the edge of our seat major 2015 vibes. Hopefully it's obviously very different. Could be 2009 vibes. Obviously it was referenced a lot. The seven, you know, the Jets seven and six lose to Atlanta and like pretty similar, just like how the hell did we just lose that football game, holding a team to one touchdown, uh, you know, game, I think the lost like nine to seven or whatever it was, 10 to seven. And uh, and then they obviously won the last two games. They get in the playoffs to make a run. So Sanchez was playing terribly. Everyone knows the story. You mentioned, you know, we I know you guys mentioned this on the podcast, um, I guess, whatever, Sunday night. The special teams is a mess. A- and I don't know. It's not just a mess because they're missing kicks. Because Greg Zerline has been generally really good. I guess, you know, obviously the kick on Sunday was – it's not pretty, and he actually a li- pretty much almost missed that first one if, you know, wide left as well. I'm not sure what's kind of going on there, maybe not reading the wind correctly. Who knows? Obviously, a really difficult kick, you know, 58-yarder outside. It's ne- never easy. But, you know, other than the blocked punts they've had, which have been special, and they've, you know, they've gotten them points, and it's all great. I don't think they – I really don't feel like they've had one return of, like, more than 35 yards. Barrios keeps taking the ball to the end zone, and they're getting tackled at the 16, 17, 18-yard line. He's getting – now he's not made a guy miss all year, I feel like. The punt returns, they're not catching any punts. They're always like down inside the 10, down inside the five. And Braden Mann is the worst punter in football. And I don't – I just don't understand why this is still being talked about. Like, are we being that stubborn with, with a punter? It's a six-round pick. No one's going to kill you for missing on a pick. Yeah, I get you want to be, you know, a bit more, you know – uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. You want to be a bit more stubborn with a, a Denzel Mims or, you know, or some of that nature and Ashton Davis second, third up pick. I get it. Those guys have shown flashes. You want to, you hope you can see more of those. It's a punter. Uh, I just don't think we should be having discussions where you could argue Zach Wilson's cost them two games, maybe three, if you want to be, uh, you know, two and a half, whatever it is. Brayden man might be have cost them two games in a sense because he's cost them the punt against New England was an absolute joke. And, ended up, you know, obviously they, they got walked off. And then <laughs> the punt on Sunday, I mean, it's more than the difference in the game. So, do you have any, like, any, can you give me any good reason why, why special teams has been so bad? Because for a majority of the first eight, nine weeks, I think you tweeted out, I guess, whenever they were six and three, they were a top three DVOA special teams unit. And now they're in, the, you know, they're in, I'll check while, while we're recording this, but they're probably in the mid 20s, which is insane.
0: It, it's such a weird thing because they were, they've been good on special teams under Boyer the past few years. And it was a, a big reason. It's not that complicated why they were five and two and why they're seven and seven.
1: Now. Oh, wow. They're 26th. Yeah. It's been like, oh, I,
0: I do the rankings like every week. I try to tweet them out and it's been crazy to watch how much it's fell off a cliff. And uh, it really started in the first, the first Patriots game. Uh, where there was a lot of bad punts, there was bad punt coverage, and they were winning games early in the year because they were winning the turnover battle and they were winning the special teams battle week after week after week. And when they stopped doing that, that's why you're losing these one possession games. One possession games, like they're they're kind of randomized like turnovers. They can kind of go in either direction. And a good way to regularly come out on top in them is to win the specials battle and win the turnover battle. And they've stopped doing that these past seven games for the most part. And that was really the difference as as much as bad as Zach was. If the special teams were better in both those Pats games, they might win one of the two of them. Uh, The special teams really cost them in this game. And it's just consistently been really bad. And I I don't, I don't understand the stubbornness on the punter situation. They in season improved punter last year with Thomas Morstead. They should have just held on to him. And also not quite as a big of issue as man Barrios has not been good as a returner this year. Uh, He was great last year. He is not doing anything this year. He is not flipping the field on punt returns. He doesn't seem confident when to catch it or not catch it. He's not doing a good job when it's inside the 10 and he keeps taking the ball out on kick returns and getting to like the 19 yard line. Uh, It's kind of, he's, I don't know what has happened to him. If his confidence is like shaken, Since that Vikings game, and you can't even say since the Vikings game because the returning hasn't really been great all year, he just looks in his head right now. Like he's dropping passes. He's like a mediocre returner. And you pair that with man being bad. It's too much to overcome for for this offense. They're not good enough with with Wilson under center uh, to overcome that. Now, if they could get it right and go back to playing special teams the way they were when they beat – Green Bay and Denver and Miami and Buffalo, then that's going to be a big benefit in their factor. Berrios could return a kick for a touchdown like he did against Jacksonville last year or directly set up points. That's a huge difference when you're losing every game by three points or five points. Like if you can get those extra points from specials, it's a huge difference. When it gets to the offseason, they need a new punter. They need to, they're going to need to evaluate Berrios because money's tight and if they want to be aggressive in other areas, I don't know if you could afford to pay him even what you're paying. him if he's not a great special teams player, because he's not doing it on offense right now either. So it's been disappointing and it's a big reason. It's not a sexy thing to talk about, but it's a big reason that they're two and five in their last seven
1: games. Yeah. He's a guy that screams, you know, a restructure and and a mini extension where he gets extended. And then he ends his cap number goes from, I think it's going to be like eight or 9 million next year, which is, there's no way they're paying him that. So, you know, there, I know we don't have to, I don't want to get into offseason stuff, but there is four or five guys, Corey Davis specifically, who hopefully plays on Thursday because the jets need him when he's out there, the jets offense looks totally different. Corey Davis is in there. Unfortunately, he's missed about half his games as a jet. And, you know, obviously the games when he doesn't play, they don't do very well. It feels like, I mean, maybe it's, it's just off the top of my head, but I feel like when he's not playing the jets offense, just looks totally different. Zach has chemistry with him. If Zach's going to be the starter, not just this week, but going forward, and hopefully he, you know, look, I'm just going to say this, and I, I said this, I said this on Twitter, I want Zach to win the job, you want Zach to win the job, I think everybody in the NFL, the Jets, everyone wants Zach to win the job, because that means the Jets have a court, rookie quarterback who they invested in, or second year quarterback, but a guy in a rookie contract, they can build around for the next three years and not have to pay him anywhere near what top quarterback money is right now, and that's how you build those championship windows and all that stuff, I just think that you know, I think we think Mike White's better and Mike White, you know, right now would be the starter in you know, week 17, 18, depending on if he comes back, but Corey and Zach have good chemistry together. So hopefully he's back. Uh It sounds like that. Mims will be out. So obviously maybe we'll get some more Jeff Smith who actually played well on, uh on Sunday and Quinton Williams is obviously another guy. Seems like he's going to play. Uh But at the same time, obviously, Sal said these, we're not going to know until right before the, you know, inactives come out. So until 630 on, on uh, Thursday night, we're not going to know, which is, a bit frustrating, you know, obviously, but yeah, the special teams bury again is a guy, the other guy, you know, Carl Lawson, Corey Davis, there's some other guys, even, you know, whitehead and other players who these guys make a decent amount of money. And it's, you know, it's kind of put up or shut up time for some of these veterans. And I don't mean to be harsh, but it's, you know, this is a young roster built with a lot of really top end talent. And Joe Douglas has not been scared to, move off the guys again, Dwayne Brown, George fan, other names. So there'll be some reshuffling here with this roster, but I just think this game, it comes down to, if you get out of this Thursday night game, I don't care how it has to happen. You have got to it on Thursday and then you feel really confident, you know, you've restored it. You figured out how to win a December football game. You feel really confident going to Seattle who is sputtering mightily. There'll be a lot of fired up energy, the soft tweets, Tariq Woolen, in the whole nine yards, Gino against the jets. And the, the again, Seahawks C- are not playing well. You should get much healthier after that mini buy, and then you know I'll, I'll hopefully come down to week 18. I guess last last two here. Uh, you know, what do you think ends up happening Thursday? And t- you don't have to give an exact prediction yet. I know you'll probably do that on uh, on Badlands tomorrow. But what do you think ends up happening Thursday? And how many times we'll do as we segue into a little profit exchange? I guess two uh, the two bets here over under how many times the braided man tackle of Trevor Lawrence is brought up over under four and a half during the broadcast and I will set the over under of the amount of times Zach Wilson Trevor Lawrence side-by-side graphics get put up at seven and a half how where how are we feeling on those and what happens on uh, on Thursday
0: uh, I'm feeling very strong about both those overs we I'm glad I'm going to be watching the game in a crowded bar where I'm not as dialed into every like minutiae of the broadcast because it, that is going to be what is beat to death the, the, the game against the Rams the game against the Browns, the brain man tackle and the side by side stats which are going to look very ugly and uh, look, the Jets beat Jacksonville last year. And Zach, I think, actually probably played a little better than Lawrence in that game. Do I think Had his good?
1: best QBR of his career, throwing yeah. for 89 yards. Yeah. How would you look There's at that? It's a weird QBR. Game. QBR like QBR for like 112
0: yards. <laughs> yeah,
1: QBR sucks, by the way. Um, it,
0: I, I don't think he's going to outplay Lawrence, but I don't think he needs to. I, I probably won't make a final prediction until Thursday morning. Candidly, I'm leaning right now to picking them losing a close game. I need to see them win. I when I get in these ruts where they lose three games in a row, it feels hard to pick them to win. I am confident this is going to be a very close game and it's going to come down to the final few minutes. I think it's going to be raining. I think it's going to be lower scoring. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of turnovers candidly on both sides. And I I think it's going to be like a weird game, similar to the Lions game, that the Jets will have a chance to win late. And it's like a coin flip right now. I think the line is right. I think it being about a pickem is right. I would understand Jacksonville being a 1 point favorite with how they've played in their last four or five compared to the Jets. I don't I don't think that's egregious in any way. Um it's it's a fascinating one and and yeah, the broadcast is going to is going to beat the annoying stuff to death and the best thing the Jets could do is win Uh, because they have a really good all-around team still and if they win I, I think they can beat Seattle and I think they'll be playing for their playoff lives in week 18 and I wouldn't write off some weirdness happening down the stretch either keeping an eye on Baltimore keeping an eye on that Green Bay game against Miami on Christmas like three games is a lot of time for weird things to happen in the NFL and the Jets I think are more alive in the playoff hunt than most fans are giving them credit for and much more alive. If they win this game against Jacksonville, which kind of erases the loss of Detroit since it's a conference game. So I, I think it's winnable. I think it's an under low scoring close weird game that comes down to the final few minutes. Uh, if you're going to bet on it, as always, you can bet with will with Connor and I during the stretch run at profit exchange, the bet with Badlands section is up. You could bet against us. Or with us, the best odds on the Jets to make the playoffs or miss the playoffs in New Jersey. All new users can now get a risk free bet up to 250. Sign up today at nj.profitbettingexchange.com or download the profit exchange app from the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21 plus and present in NJ. Terms and conditions apply for deposit match. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Thursday night, you're, you're a bold man. going to be out there in the rain. We need it to be loud. I moved
1: my seats to covering uh, for smart. Thursday. I uh, I, I'm, I did it in the Bears game. My fiance still is not forgiving me. I think she probably still has the flu from it. So um, I'm, I, I grew some... Uh, Grew some big Mike White balls and, and decided to spend a little extra money and uh, <laughs> move down a few sections.
0: There you go. <laughs> um, we, but we extra loud, we do need a crowd factor, and yeah, uh, of
1: course, gotta got scream my face off. You guys will be uh, you guys will be cheering along. I'll make sure to put out those details as well. Obviously, appreciate hopping on. We got you know you'll have some stuff coming out tonight. We got Badlands coming out tomorrow. I have a pod coming out with uh, John Shipley, Sam Monson tomorrow, Damian Woody on Thursday, Leger Dusable on, on Friday. You guys have all your stuff, so there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of content. There's no better place, obviously. Subscribe, rate, review uh, this podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to Badlands, and uh, you know, hopefully, we're talking about an eight and seven team going to Seattle now uh, with a chance to still make the playoffs. Uh, you know, Friday morning.
0: Amen. Thank you for having me. And if you are not going to the game, Willie McBride's in Hoboken, $34 open bar. We hope to see everybody there hanging out with Badlands and TOJ. Let's keep it rolling. And yes, hopefully we're talking before an eight and seven jets play Seattle.